This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dear Black Girl. And first of all, happy International Women's Day. Now, I want you guys to mark your calendar for May 8th. That's May 8th. Because Dear Black Girl is teaming up with WeWorks to put together a special panel here in New York. It's called We Major. Yes, like the song on Kanye's late registration album. And it's a panel that highlights millennial women working in the music industry. So more details for that coming soon. Save that date, May 8th. Now, without further ado. Dear Black Girl, meet Alex, who is a marketing manager at Allied Moxie. And she has a really dope food vlog called, I know it's hot sauce, wait. Just add hot sauce. Just add hot sauce. There we go. So dear black girl, (laughs) meet Alex Hill. Hey. So how are you? I'm good. This, I told you, it's like my first podcast. I've never done this before. So how does it feel? Weird. (laughs) Really? I was talking to my boyfriend last night. I was like, I've never done this before. Like I'm usually behind the scenes, like booking the interviews, doing everything, like, giving talking points. I'm like, this is weird. (laughs) My voice sounds cute. It will. Trust me. (laughs) Now, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into your field. Yeah. So, um, I'm originally from Maryland. I went to Hampton University, Mm -hmm. um, so it's not too far from the DMV area. Um, I went to school for public relations and marketing, and, of course, when I graduated in 2010, about to turn 30 oh my god <laughs> I was like oh I'm gonna move to New York and do this whole like big PR girl thing I was like I'm gonna be the biggest publicist ever and then reality hit and when I graduated my mom was like um you can't come home without a job oh so I was like can I cuss yes you can I, was like, Fuck. I was like <laughs> I was like oh my god so I got offered like a visual manager like thing with Abercrombie and Fitch because it was at my school mm-hmm. so I was like well I can't come home without a job so I'm just gonna do that and then it was awful like it was cool like being like a retail manager for a second but then I thought I would never get out and so I actually have to shout out my friend Lo Loki he um I randomly met him when I was visiting New York somehow we like <laughs> DM'd each other and then we met for like shots and he was like you should just move to New York and I was like that's crazy. I don't have a job or an internship. So I tweeted this. Um, this was in 2011, so I was like 23. Mm-hmm. So then I tweeted this uh, PR company called FYI PR. And I was like, hey, are you guys looking for interns? And they immediately tweeted me back and was like, send your resume. And then it was like from then on. And that was in 2011. And then I wound up um, beauty PR for a second, entertainment, and then back to beauty. And then... I kind of stumbled upon Allied Integrated Marketing in 2012, and I've been with them ever since. That is super dope, and that's yeah. the power of social media. Like, mm-hmm. you're the second guest to say they tweeted themselves to a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really, truly believe like the power of social media is amazing. It is because yeah. I tweeted myself to working here. Really? <laughs> yeah. See, you never know. I know. So, tell me more about like what was your first experience when you first came to New York? Like, as an intern, was it paid? No, of course not. Oh so my God. how did you, like, sustain yourself? So when I moved here, I 
dated a lot. <laughs> okay. To get, to get food and drinks. <laughs> I lived with my aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a good friend here named Chad. He, Chad Eastley, he went to Hampton, he works for Nike, he's great. He <laughs> showed me around New York, mm-hmm. and that's how I met, like, a lot of people, and also Lo I hung out with, and I just met people there. And, like, I remember I was walking this, I would never forget this, I was walking to the subway with my aunt, and she was like, baby, you gotta walk on the right, and I was just, like, <laughs> looking around, like, this is so awesome, she was like, you gotta walk on the right, you gotta walk on the right. And so I came, my first day interning, like, done up. Like, everything, like, I'm about to experience, like, New York PR. <laughs> and I, I was in for a rude awakening because it was really, like, it made me have very tough skin. Like, mm-hmm. I did not get paid. And then when I got a promotion, because all the interns left because the PR company I was at was a little crazy. Yeah. A tad crazy. So I got a promotion to her assistant, and they paid me $300 a week. Okay. So I know that struggle. Yeah. Because my first, um, no, my second... My second gig, because I, I started off at Interview Magazine as, like, an intern. Yeah. My second gig was, like, at a PR firm. Mm-hmm. Dope experience, but uh, I think I got paid 500 a month. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you, I was like, I'm going to get paid at least, like, 35K. Yeah, I thought coming out, you got at least 50K, because yeah. that's what you were paying back home. Yeah. No. No, at all. <laughs> no. I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to eat? I can't, like, get an apartment. So then... I obviously left that company because I was like, I can't fucking afford anything. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a beauty PR agency that I got fired from as a freelancer because I didn't know what the hell I was doing, honestly. Okay. Because I was just, like, starting out, so I didn't know, like, press releases, like, really in-depth PR. And she knew. I remember she – I won't say the agency's name. But she asked me to do, like, a PR timeline. So I was like – Freshly 23. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And it took me all day because I did not know what the fuck I was doing. Mm-hmm. So then I remember I left and I got a call from her. She was like, you know, Alex, I don't think this is working out. I was like, I totally agree. <laughs> I, she wanted someone a lot more experienced than I was. Yeah. And I still needed, like, to be, like, an assistant or someone like that. Mm-hmm. So And then I got a call the next day to be an assistant account executive at Trachtenberg. And that was, like, beauty PR, like, like doing all the beauty stuff. We had a huge beauty closet. So, yeah. So what's the difference going from beauty to, like, because you're more into, like, movie PR now, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it's all entertainment. So, I mean, beauty was basically dealing with lip glosses, mm-hmm. like, lip glosses, skincare, lotion. Our, we had a client, um, Carol's daughter, obviously. Like, it was the best. Like, I would, like, take home everything. <laughs> and it's a difference because, like, you're dealing with brand. So mm-hmm. you have to deal with, like the CEO who wants their brand to be positioned in a certain way. And then entertainment is kind of the same thing as, like, the client wants their film to be positioned in a certain way. So it kind of goes hand in hand, but I'm not freaking out over um, lip glosses and shampoo. I'm freaking out over a whole movie campaign. (laughs) So that's kind of, like, the difference that that makes sense. Yes. So let's get into your songs. Are you ready? No, but I can be ready. (laughs) So we're going to count down from five to one. They don't have to be in any particular order. So this is like my favorite songs. These, or are, like, these are your top five songs in your entire life that mean something to you and okay. why. Ready? Okay. <laughs> okay. I think so. I think that. All right. Let's start off with song number five. Okay. So this song got me through a really bad breakup. It was Nas. Um, Bye, baby. That's what it was. <laughs> I would listen to that like 
every day. This was like in 2012. I was gonna have a horrible breakup. Or just, you know, fuck boys are awful. (laughs) (laughs) And I would listen to that song. I was not the person like, oh my God, songs get me through anything. Mm -hmm. But that got me through. Like, I would listen to it every day. What about the song that was it that got you through? Because I think it was just saying like you're gonna get you're gonna overcome this like this is not the end like like man the fuck up <laughs> it really was that so it really helped me. So like was this like your worst breakup ever? Yeah, thus far. Oh my god, because I was like 23, just moved to New York. Like, okay. I was like, oh my god, like we're gonna get married. <laughs> and it did not happen like that. It was, was like a college sweetheart. No, oh. it was something. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was some guy that you met after college. Right. It was some guy that I met after college. Yeah. So, what did you learn from that experience? Oh, oh my God. That's a good question. To not be, know your worth. Mm-hmm. Really know your worth. No matter how cute and how savvy the guy is, really know your worth. So, that's what I really learned from that situation. Okay, let's get into song number four. Four. Okay. This is Corny 2. It's Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Aww. Because I, I used to not be able to listen to that song because my that reminded me of my dad. Because my parents got divorced when I was five. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when The Bodyguard came out, but for some reason, whenever I listened to that song... I would start crying. Like, I could not listen to that song. And so now whenever I think of it, I think of my dad and how he loves me and we have a great relationship and all that stuff. That is such a beautiful song. Like I almost got teary-eyed thinking of it. Really? I was so little, but I would always, whenever I heard that song, I was like, I can't listen to the song because it made me cry. So so let's talk about your father-daughter relationship. Yeah. Because that's a really important, important dynamic that every girl should have and not every girl has. Mm-hmm. So how has he been influential in your life? I mean, my dad is a Scorpio. Okay. He's a lawyer, and he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is, like, when I was little, I kind of rebelled when I got to high school. Mm-hmm. But our father-daughter relationship when I was little was so important because he gave me the world. Like, we had this secret kiss called Swirbles, <laughs> like, that I did I probably until it was an inappropriate age. Like, we would be like, Swirbles, Swirbles. Like, it was so corny. But, like, my dad was always there for me regardless. Like, our, my parents broke up when I was five, and my brother, I think, was, like, six. And no matter what, he fought for us mm-hmm. for anything. Like, I would go, this, it's weird how I'm in the movie industry now because when I was younger, my dad would take me every Wednesday to the movie theaters Aww. to see every every new movie. So when my mom was like, oh, Alex, like, let's go to the movie. like, no, daddy already took me to see that movie. <laughs> so it's weird how I ended up in the movie industry. So, but it's, I mean, father-daughter relationships are important. When I moved to New York, my parents are from New York. Mm-hmm. And he was like, look, he was like, there's a difference. He was like, you can be stubborn and you can be headstrong. He was like, be headstrong. Because New York is not a place to play. Mm-hmm. So, and I always remember that. Yeah, because when I came to New York, New York is so different from Maryland. Because yes. I came up here for college because I went to St. John's. And oh, I wanted, I to go to girl, I wanted to leave after the first year. Really? Like, I was like, everyone's mean. <laughs> no one's yeah. nice. I know. And I was just like, because, like, here, this is so funny. So you end up going to Hampton and you want to go to St. John's. Yeah. I wanted to go to Hampton. I went to St. John's. Really? <laughs> I, got, I got into St. John's, but I never, like, I don't know why I did, but I cried when I got accepted to St. John's. Mm-hmm. But when I got accepted to Hampton, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to Hampton. <laughs> it was so weird. Because, like. I'm going to Hampton. My mom's like, nah, you're going to St. John's. I was yeah. like, but I want to go there. She's like, no, 
you've been to black schools your entire life. You're going to St. John's. I was like, oh, and the first year I just wanted to leave. Like, See, my dad, he didn't want me to go to Hampton because he went, well, he went to Howard for grad school and mm-hmm. then Cornell for law school. But when I was in middle school, I was in private school my whole life. Me too. Around, around white kids. <laughs> oh. No shade to white people. Yeah, it's different. It's different. <laughs> and so my dad looked at me. He was like, you got to get around some black people. Like, mm-hmm. you're going in the wrong direction. <laughs> and I was like, I want to go to good council, like this super preppy, you know, good yes. council. So he was like, you're going to go to Seton. Okay. And I was like, what? I don't want to go to fucking Seton. Like, <laughs> I don't And that. Ended up going, loved it, and then I went to HBCU. So I was like, I love black people, <laughs> you know. Yeah, mine was opposite. Like, I went to private school my, my entire life, surrounded by nothing but black kids. Yeah. And so my mom was like, yeah, you need more diversity. <laughs> I'm essentially yeah. in New York. I was like, but. And that's as, as diverse as can get. I was like, but this is different. Like, yeah. this is so out the element. Like, I don't. I don't understand. Yeah. And then that's how I also learned that white people in Maryland are different from white people in New York. They are. They're not the same. No. And it threw me for a loop. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I don't think I like this. Yeah. (laughs) Connecticut white people are different. Mm -hmm. They're all all different. Yes. White people are different in general. (laughs) Yes. I've come to learn that. (laughs) They, They really are. Let's get into song number three. So Okay. Let me think. Song number three. Oh, okay. This is a giant. I love old school music for okay. some reason. I don't know why. But I think Diana Ross, I'm coming out. I don't know. I'm mm. I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a happy song. It's a happy song. And like I when I first moved here, I would listen to that song and just walk down the street like okay. I was like in a music video. <laughs> and it just made me feel good. Like it's it was it's a feel good song. Like it made me feel strong and empowered. Like and I would twirl around like I would, loved it. Would you do those things where you pretended you were, like, your whole life was a movie, oh, and these sure. were all your theme songs? Sure. Like, it was like I was in Sex and the City, walking down the street, getting a coffee, <laughs> like, acting like I was rich. Like, it was amazing. I loved it. What was, no, I'm not going to lie, like, when I first came to New York, I thought it was going to be, like, the movies. Like, yeah. Like, we're proud of yeah. Sex and the City, uh, Stay the Last Dance, too. Oh, I know. <laughs> And, like, it was, like, a rude awakening. Like, this is not no. what I expected. No. How was it for you? It was not what I expected, but it was everything I expected. Mm-hmm. Like, I would come here for Thanksgiving and, like, Christmas when I was younger because my parents are from here. My mom's Puerto Rican. My dad's black. They're both from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I would always say, like, me and my cousin are going to move to New York. I was the only one that did. And then I just love New York because you can be anyone you want to be. Mm-hmm. It's a, if you want to be in the industry, you can. If you want to be in the hipster crowd, you can. You could. You don't have to be in one set box. And you, it really teaches you how to be who you are and how to embrace yourself. And that's what I love about. I would never. I mean, I didn't move. I didn't live here for two years, but like, I love the essence of the city. It's amazing. So you recently moved back from Maryland yeah. to New York. So when you first had to move out of New York back home, what was that like for you? Oh, my God. I cried every day. Really? But the thing is, I was getting, and I'm not afraid to say this, like, I had an opportunity to go to D.C. with my job. Mm -hmm. But I was ready to go back because, you know, New York is overwhelming and a lot. And I I realized when I was about to come back here that I needed to go back for self-care because I was getting very overwhelmed. I was getting burnt out. I was drinking like a crazy person. And I was out till 4 a.m. all the time. 
So for me, I was like, I need to reset my life. I couldn't live off my credit cards anymore. I was, you know, being in PR, you're kind of like, you don't make a lot of money. <laughs> so I was like, I can't do this. So I had to go back and reset. And then when I kind of felt myself, you know, I think I want to go back to New York. And then my job was like, we want you to go back too. So I was like, oh, this is a win-win con- <laughs> perfect situation. So, I mean, but it was a rude awakening. I, I grew up a lot. Mm-hmm. I matured a lot. So I was thankful to go back. I was thankful to have my mom so I can go back and live in her house. She made me pay rent, but I mean, like, I was there. Yeah. So it was, but it was shocking. I didn't realize how much of a change it was going to be, but I think it was a good change. Self-care. So how did you become burnt out your first round in New York? I mean, everything. (laughs) You you have to go to every event. Mm -hmm. You want to go to every party. You want to go out drinking with your friends. You want to go to brunch or Sunday fun day. I was being so I was living above my means, honestly. Like I remember when I when I came back here and I I got like a, a good decent, you know, raise or whatever, but that means nothing. And so I was like, fuck, how the hell did I live <laughs> that first for, time around? For four and a half years. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is crazy. But it was the best time of my life. But I realized like I can't do this every weekend, every day. Like I have to realize like when it's okay to say no. And I did not. I'm still getting used to saying no, but, like, it was hard. Oh, so you basically became an adult. <laughs> I became an adult. Because that's what I'm still trying to figure out. How yeah. To adult. <laughs> and my, this, shout out to my best friend, Robert. But he, I remember he told me, he was like, I don't, that's not in my fuck bank. Mm-hmm. And he was like, a fuck bank is when you don't give two fucks. Okay. Because it's like, do I want to go to this party? Do I need to go to this party? And he was like, no, it's not in my fuck bank. Like I don't, I I'm not gonna go because I don't want to pay for seventeen dollar drinks. Mm-hmm. I don't like you like that, mm-hmm. and I just don't want to go. But sometimes you feel the pressure of like society and social media to be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go, just to be seen, to do the same thing every weekend, you know. And it gets old and it tiring. gets old, yeah. Because I, I remember like 2013, I just had this spree where every night I was out at a club. Yeah. Every night until 4 o'clock in the morning. And probably just Friday and Saturday were the only nights I didn't go out. Right. And I just woke up one day like, I can't keep doing this. No. I I lose my mind. I was like, I I can't. My wallet can't afford it. (laughs) I was like, I can't do this anymore. Because it was one of those, um, my mom was like, so you're trying to be Carrie Bradshaw? I was like, yeah, I'm trying to be a broke Carrie Bradshaw. Right, right. (laughs) That's my life right now, the broke Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, girl, I understand. It was amazing. And it's a great time. And I have so many memories. But I was like. My wallet and my mindset, I'm like, this is not going hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So, so song number two. Love Drought. Okay. Just be, okay. This is before I got into a relationship mm-hmm. with my boo, my chocolate <laughs> boo. Hey, boo. <laughs> but um, I really, I, I don't know why I kept listening to this song because I was going through like a kind of bad place in like relationships. So I kept listening to the song because that specific lyric is you and me could move a mountain i just felt it spoke to me in volume just because i know what relationships can do Mm -hmm. and i've been in a relationship like that i had a great relationship but i'm ready for a relationship like this and i feel like that song and god was preparing me for my relationship now so i kept i would sing my heart out in my little honda going to work back (laughs) in dc like i loved that song so how have you grown personally between your past relationships to now? Knowing my worth. Because I have wasted my time with so many guys. Mm-hmm. 
that sounded horrible to say so many guys but <laughs> well that's how you you're going on dates you're trying to find the one and yeah. what they say you have to kiss a lot of frogs or you go do. a lot of frogs to and find the I right one i'm a dater like i like to go on dates like i will talk to a brick wall <laughs> and i just find it so interesting like we go on dates we get to know these people and sometimes it goes in great directions or sometimes it doesn't mm-hmm. but i am that person like if you want my mom always said if you don't go you won't know okay so i took that maybe to the furthest and i would go on dates like every day of the week me and my old roommate kelly we would always be on dates <laughs> always. one because we were broke and we would just always go on dates so i think i just my relationship now it's it's an amazing relationship mm-hmm. but just because i know who i am and i know what i can bring to the table so before, I don't think I was that mature, or I was like, well, I want someone that's like this, this, and this. And I was like, well, what are you actually doing to, to bring a good relationship, you know? So, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah. So like, what's one of the things you realized you had to bring to the table, other than, like, your self-worth? Um, that's a good, that's a loaded question. Um, let me think. Being? That is a very good question. <laughs> I'm trying to. Knowing that I have a lot of love to give, mm-hmm. and I know the type of love that I want, and that's why I brought to the table because I was like, I know what I can give you, in the love factor, not sexual, anything like that, but emotional support, and I, and guys do need that, mm-hmm. no matter how hard they be like, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good, no, they need it, they need it. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to sit and talk, and they need you to listen. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, oftentimes. You don't need to talk at all. Like you don't need the, you don't need to have the answer, the good or correct answer. Just be like, okay, I'm actually listening to you. So, song number one. Number one. This is a Celine Dion song because I'm honestly a hopeless romantic. Clearly, all my songs are about love or breakup. Um, what is that song? I am your lady. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Just because I love Celine Dion. <laughs> I love her. Is it I'm Your Lady? Because I'm Your Lady. And you are my man. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I love that song. But that's another relationship song mm-hmm. because everyone wants a relationship. Neither like sexual, non sexual. Everyone needs or wants that partner just to sit and talk, eat fried chicken, drink wine, get drunk, go to sleep. I love the eat fried chicken part. <laughs> you know, like, everyone need or wants that. So I think, that, I don't know why, I think because my parents were divorced, so I always longed for that relationship that I didn't get to see when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I saw it in pictures and from, when you're five, you don't really know mm-hmm. your yeah, parents. Yeah, you don't remember that much. Yeah. So I think all my songs are focused on love and relationships, really. Yeah. That's so funny because... All that reminded me of, um, you remember when the breakup song came out? Oh, my God. And the yeah. music video, and, like, they're talking about the beginning when he's, like, he he's a hopeless romantic because of, like, the bodyguard yeah. and all the songs yeah. from the 90s. Yes. That reminds me of you. Yeah, I know. That was, <laughs> and that was me as well growing up. Like, my life has to play out like this song. Like, I want to feel all yes. this. Not yes. the painful part. I just want to feel the happy parts, and the painful parts suck. I am a... <laughs> hopeless corny romantic 
Like, I cry at engagements. Like, I cry at (laughs) weddings. Like, I'm like, I want everyone to experience love. No, I get, because, like, all right, so I went to my first wedding in September that I was in as well, which was, like, oh, my God, because it was so expensive. I didn't know weddings were expensive. And expensive. Oh, my God. While there, we're giving giving a toast because it was my best friend's wedding. And I just started crying during the toast. I did not expect yes. to cry. I was like, what the hell is going on? I will cry. Everyone needs to cry, too. Like, I will cry at the drop of a dime. But it's amazing because, like, I feel like when you actually see real love, it makes mm-hmm. you cry. It does. It's such a rare thing. And it's a partnership that I feel like everyone deserves to have. Mm-hmm. A real, authentic, like, deep love partnership. So, yeah. Let's talk about just add a hot sauce. Yes, my food blog. What sparked that? So, okay, it's actually crazy because I was just talking to my boyfriend about this. But um, I always wanted to go to culinary school. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a chef, still kind of want to be a chef. And I didn't really know what lane I wanted to go in. Like, I like my job. No shade to my job. But there was always something missing. Like, I felt like, it wasn't sparking my fire. Like, it wasn't my passion. And whenever I cook for people, either it's my friends who come in town for, for to visit or my boyfriend or my mom, because me and my mom really bond over cooking because she would cook for me and my brother mm-hmm. every day. Single mother, no matter what, we would come home, we would sit down and have food, like have a home-cooked meal every day when I was younger. So I kind of, I saw food blogs that I liked, and I was like, what if I start a food blog? And I was like, no, no, no. You know, self-doubt starts to set in. <laughs> yes. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm behind the scenes. I do marketing and PR. Like, I'm not the girl who's going to put herself out there. And then I, what happened? I was at my best friend's birthday. We went to this horrible place in D.C. <laughs> it was so bad. And one of my best friends, Ashley, who lives here, she, they had like a, like a row of hot sauce. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was such a hot podge of shit at that restaurant. <laughs> it was awful. I forget what it was called. It was an awful restaurant. But she was like, oh, look at all these hot sauces because she knows I like spicy food. So I don't know. I was kind of toying with the idea. And I was like, oh, just add hot sauce. Like, that's kind of cute. And then my boyfriend, who is, he's an entrepreneur, so he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to do anything I want. Mm-hmm. So when I started to date him, I was like, oh, like, what if, you know, what if I, like, start my own food blog? And he kind of, like, inspired that. So I was like, well, I think I'm going to do it. So I had this whole photo shoot, and I was like, and I hired one of my friends to kind of, like, design my logo. And then I was like, you know what? I need to do this, this Squarespace, what it's called, Squarespace thing. I was like, because I'm not about to pay someone all this money. Just to, like, create a blog for you. Yeah, and I was like, I need to learn the back end of the site. Mm-hmm. So... And then my other friend, Mackenzie, who has her own blog, um, MackenzieRenee.com. Hey, Mac. She was like, Alex, she had, like, when I was about to put out the whole, like, my blog is live, she was like, no, you can't do it like that. You have to set it up to build, like, awareness and kind of, like, start promoting. I was like, Mac, I can't do that. I was like, I'm so scared. Like, I was like, I don't want to put myself out there. She was like, just do it. Like, who cares what people think? And usually I'm that person, like, fuck it, who cares what people think? But for myself, I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So then, like, she kind of hyped me up. And then when I put out, like, the initial video, like, my, my blog is live, it was so much, like, like great, like, love and just, like, go, girl. Like, this is amazing. So I was like, oh, my God, I think I can't do this. <laughs> but it was a lot of, like, self-doubt and being just like, 
hyping yourself up like you can do this like this is your passion so why not just do it so what's what do you want to take your blog next so this oh my god this is a sign (laughs) I think I want to go to culinary school okay I think that's where I want to take it because I want as just said hot sauce I want to be a brand Mm -hmm. a a food brand I want to own different hot sauces I want, I want to own a restaurant that's a my cooking, dream a cooking book a, a, a cookbook like a show like I wrote down all these affirmations I was like but I need the tech I know how to cook and I know my friends love my cooking but I want to have the technique mm-hmm. and like the know-how because I'm like I don't know like you know how some people have like really good palate like oh my god this cinnamon and this or I could taste this nutmeg. Yeah, I'm like, like, what? I'm like, this just tastes good to me. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. So I really want to gather that technique. So that's where I see my blog in 10 years, hopefully. Okay. I'd say five years. Five, 10. Five, five. 10. Five, five. Is good. Yeah, five is good. You can knock that out in five. I think I can. I will. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So like this restaurant that you're going to open, let's talk about that. Do you okay. already have the ideas of like what you're going to sell and make and yes. like escape of it and the name of it so i don't know the name okay but i've always wanted to open up a puerto rican restaurant okay but not like the mom and pop puerto rican restaurant but like like a, like a, a good chic classy like but good food because you know when it starts to go like oh this is like very fancy mm-hmm. the food is not good mm-hmm. so like that in between but then a coffee shop in the front oh because my i grew up drinking coffee when i shouldn't when I shouldn't have. Like, I was, like, 10, drinking coffee. Like, my aunt would put a little bit of Bustelo in my in milk. And she's like, oh, here's your coffee. <laughs> and I live with her now before I move out because I didn't want to move, get an apartment yet. But she still makes me coffee every morning. So it's going to be a Puerto Rican, like, restaurant in the back and a coffee shop in the front. That is super cool. Thanks. So is the first one going to be in D.C. or I mean, New York? I would love to do New York because I have roots here. Like, my family's from here. So I would love to do it in New York and then D.C. Okay. Yeah. So how would you define yourself as a woman? Ooh. Hmm. An energetic, take-no-shit, crazy woman. (laughs) (laughs) That that. is plain. (laughs) I mean... I feel like your energy is everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have to have good energy around you and give off good energy. And I feel like I, I do that, hopefully. You do. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope. I want to. Um, take no shit because my mom didn't take any shit. My mom raised me to not take any shit. Mm-hmm. She was a single mom. Granted, my dad was totally in the picture. But she, like, raised me to take no shit from a man, from a job from any finances, anything. Mm-hmm. Granted, my finances are trying to get better. But, you know, like, that's how, and I feel like she raised me just like she wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm a take-no-shit type of woman. Okay. You know? And then what else did I say? Crazy? Crazy, energetic. Well, you already said, explained energetic. You think you said crazy. <laughs> just because, every, I feel like everyone is crazy. Everyone's crazy. Everyone yes. is crazy. Like, you have your moments where you're like, what the fuck am I about to do? What is going on? Let's take shots. Now I want to stay in my house. Like, everyone's crazy. So I just had to throw that in there. So what do you want your legacy to be? Um, hmm. Being known for my family. Mm-hmm. 
my family's very important to me. So I want to make my family proud. And I want to, you know, you have parents and grandparents because they have a little bit in you. And I just want my legacy of my family to live on through myself and through my restaurant, through my cookbook, through my cooking show. So that's what I really want. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, that does. Okay. <laughs> so before we go, okay, you have to give us your dear black girl open letter. Ooh, hey, black girl. Um, okay. Dear black girl, be you, love you, and do you at all times. That's it. Signed, Alex.